0: Amazing.
1: What are we talking about?
0: Traffic. traffic. I'm just, I'm oh, just yeah. analyzing traffic throughout the country at the moment, and we're looking pretty good, Trevor. I'll have you know. I think most places in the United States are looking pretty green. Hey, I mean, even New York City, you're dealing with some medium orange, but it's not anything crazy. But you are. Ooh, severe thunderstorm warning in in New Jersey, unfortunately. So, be on the lookout for Some that. Night.
1: I can it deal It is with also that. 9:15 p.m. on the East Coast right now, so that probably has something to do with the traffic being well okay. You know you say that, but you take a look at a little place
0: called uh, <laughs> Miami South. Oh, Miami South Beach is looking green, green as can be. So never mind. Actually, forget I said that.
2: New yeah, it, as long okay. as you're not in a high-rise condo, right? That's right
0: That is right Ew. Wow, it's looking a little ugly in Elizabeth I don't know, is that New Jersey? Elizabeth, New Jersey will be on the lookout So, sorry Ooh, some, some red in Indianapolis as well But LA oh, is true. definitely LA is looking bad, to be honest but and hey, you know, if you're making the, the drive worst. from uh, Boise to, <laughs> oh boy, all the way up to Calgary and up through Edmonton, you're looking, you're in the green, my friend. You got no, you just got open roads and open skies. So,
2: welcome
0: to episode fifty-four. Okay, <laughs> off, off, <man. laughs> I, I thought we were still waiting for Trevor. I don't no, know how long
1: this The second I put my headphones on, oh yeah, okay. You were halfway through Seattle when it started. Nice. I think. I've been analyzing traffic <laughs> patterns of the uh,
0: entire United States. I mentioned that this is the off-the-crossbar weather and traffic desk and center, <laughs> and uh, I can do this job remotely. But like, I L.A. is looking bad. Having just come back from the um, uh, the the land of angels, um, traffic's no joke over there.
1: So no, tell it you. Is. So an interesting fact about LA. Yes. So LA, the city of LA holds the record for the longest city name in the world that gets abbreviated to the shortest. Like the abbreviation as a percentage of like oh the number of characters in it is the shortest. The full name for the ah. city of Los Angeles is like nine words long. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's it's insane. Wait, the full
0: name? What's the that's not the full name? The full no, name. no, it's like Officially something, something Los Angeles, Angeles to something,
1: something, something. It's the city. No, it's like a lot more Spanish words.
0: <laughs>
2: so Hang on, I'm gonna to look this it up. It was media. in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, you're it's right. Of you're thinking of the entertainment capital of the world that's not Spanish. It's though.
0: Nuestra Señora La Reina de Los Angeles de Porciuncula. That's that Our one. Lady, the Queen of the Angels of Porciuncula. <clears throat> Mm. is that you what you're talking about, to los Trevor? angeles
1: yeah that would uh, be original, original name. los angeles oh. and then it shortens to la and those two letters as a percentage of whatever is like three percent of the total Trevor. wikipedia
2: has uh has foiled you it's popular popularly believed that that's the uh, original <laughs> name but official documents be. make it clear that it was not well that's from the los angeles almanac
1: i am not the one that is foiled here it is the guinness book of world records who's been foiled i can
0: never be be wrong
1: i I can only be wronged (laughs) that's so funny
0: i like the long name though that's that's nice yeah
2: that is nice wow very pleasant um i've decided to rename off the crossbar Um, okay i'm ready I, i thought i'd come up with a good name uh when i as i was saying that I did not. Uh, um, so, plans so, to
1: rename Off the Crossbar have been put on hold?
2: Yeah, permanently. Okay. Okay. Well, um, actually, uh, the official name is actually just Off the Crossbar, um, not whatever the Guinness Book of World Records would have you believe. Okay. Not Off the Crossbar I'm here, MSB Nation podcast. I'm
0: here to do a little yeah. bit of justice for Trevor. So, um, <laughs> So there's an LA times article from 2005 and it says the city of angels first name still be devils historians and Mm. um, historians cannot agree on what historians cannot agree on is the name given to Los Angeles when it's Spanish founders formed it in September 4th, 1781. So some contend that it was that long name that Trevor said, which is really interesting. There's a little bunch of uh, historians arguing about it. So, I bet it there's be a one con- of our off-season deep dives. Yeah, we will get into that. So,
2: And we'll get into more Los Angeles in a minute, but should we uh, oh, social hour crap. really briefly first so that Trevor can hopefully make it to his... Yes,
0: indoor soccer game. Okay, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, really delightful 4th of July weekend. I uh, went to a pool mm-hmm. twice. I saw some friends uh, a couple of times. I watched some fireworks from my friend's house, and it was also a thunderstorm going at the same time. It looked kind of cool. Um, the state didn't burn down and yeah, feeling good so far. so far. We have an entire month of July in which fireworks are legal, which is awesome.
1: Uh, Trip, um, Trevor, what's up with you? I don't think it's technically Did the whole month. I'm it's pretty sure it six is. Six or seven days. I don't know. I think it's, no, it's three. I think it's three days before and after the fourth and the 24th. That's the whole so month. So that's 12 days. Okay. Whatever. Which is, yeah. yeah, basically a whole month. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, What did I do this weekend? I hung out with my kid and we played poker. We played poker with her stepdad. Yeah, stepdad. Like officially they're married now. So stepdad, us three played poker and it turns out that they're both very bad at poker, but we had a lot of fun.
0: Nice. That's awesome.
1: And kind of. So when I played with Charlie, I cleaned her out and then she didn't want to play anymore. And then we went to go play with her stepdad as well. And that's when we decided we weren't gonna play for like real money. We were just gonna play for fun. Yeah, and that's probably it. I think I was cleaning them out by the time we decided to stop because it was like eleven thirty. So it was past everybody's bedtime. But we mm. had a lot of fun. That was most of what I did. I didn't do anything for the fourth of July. We just stayed home and neither me or Charlie were interested at all in getting fireworks, doing fireworks outside for fireworks and then especially once it started raining we were just like nah forget it we're done so stayed inside (laughs) perfect (laughs) sounds great (laughs) matt what about you
2: what did you do um i don't we didn't do a whole lot this weekend we went up to uh park city and that other city heber oh um ritual chocolates new factory is open um they've got a really great cafe i saw that delightful photo of
0: you drinking
2: chocolate yeah yeah, I was I was drinking chocolate. Really good. Big fan of drinking chocolate. And uh, yeah, um, and then today, so I've got work off this week. Um, today, I took out the P trap of the sink in the sink, and uh, used a plunger a little bit, and now the sink is draining again. So that's nice. What in nice. The, the P trap. Yeah, it's uh, well, you, you're not supposed to technically use it this way, but uh when you need to you know go um it traps it in there to keep the no it's it's shaped like the letter p it's like a line and then it goes womp with a little dip does it like is it, it just imagine like a key that has fallen on its face
1: okay like i'm yeah. with you but what's the purpose of the p trap is it just to like uh, keep crap from falling down the sink
2: because you don't have a disposal oh i don't know i mean like it's it's yeah, we don't have a disposal, but it's like a normal plumbing thing. I don't know. So it's I not something in the sink. Though. It's
1: like something with the pipe. I'm going to yeah. Google this
2: stuff. P-trap. Yeah. Okay, keep going. I'm going to learn some things real quick. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, and then I did one other thing today. What was it? Uh, I took apart the sink. That was actually pretty easy. It went pretty smoothly. I did something else. I don't remember what it was. It was also manual labor. Oh, I I learned to fix uh, tent poles. So I Ooh. took apart a tent pole and put it back together, and with with new uh, cord, and now the tent is as good as new. Nice on the, those one poles at least.
0: Yeah. Wow. I didn't know how to do that. I I do like I fixed a pair of shorts. Like that oh, had a drawstring that went through, oh it yeah. like broke. And then I had to attach the drawstring to a paper clip and then I fed it through my shorts and I did handiwork that way. So, I mean, this is the official handiwork podcast as well. So Off hire the us.
2: Handiwork Podcast?
0: <clears throat> That's right. Hire us for all your off-season handiwork needs. We oh, don't, no. this, is our, this is our full-time <laughs> job. And uh, hey. tre- Trevor actually, coincidentally even, is the non-handiworker of this podcast and he will not be participating because he doesn't know how to do handiwork stuff but matthew and i men of our hands and just pure brawn will be
2: definitely use my hands a lot for work at least and muscles (laughs) two things (laughs) it does have muscles in it right finger muscles
1: i know what a p-trap is i don't know it's called a p-trap i know exactly what yeah okay i'm with you cleaned it out good job second thing i'm the only one of us three (laughs) like does manual labor for work so we played (laughs) lafc last
2: weekend and it was good uh kyle i have bad news for you it was not good it wasn't good (laughs) so let's talk all right trevor
0: i know i know the joke is that you are the only one who does manual labor okay all right i get it now that's just because Um, good joke kyle yeah, I'd kill to be at a hundred percent though. I'd love to love to do manual labor sometime. Mm.
2: Anyway, sorry, Matt. No, that's okay. Uh let's talk about the game. Uh let's keep it brief and then I think the the bigger thing worth talking about is like what what is up with this team? Yeah. Uh is this is this just who we are? Yeah. Are we underperforming? Are we overperforming? Are we under indexing? All that. Um, because there's a there are plenty of reasons to be a little little miffed right now. Um, so, Trevor, why don't you take us through? Let's just let's just talk through the the LAFC goal. That's that's the big one. So okay, Be, we oh uh, we lost. By the way,
0: we lost one zero, zero to Los Angeles. Uh, wait, what's the full the uh, Los Angeles Football Club? I was going to do the I was going to do the extra long name plus football club oh. at the end. <laughs> I guess or it should be Football Club because it's Los, it's Los Ange- Angeles. I think oh. it is
2: Football
1: Club. I don't think it, it is.
0: I highly doubt it. But anyway.
2: I'll Google it while you tell us about the goal, Trevor. It, um, it was double O.
1: It, was, it came in off a throw-in. We definitely could have, probably should have defended a lot better than we did. Um, they made a couple of passes and then they found the open guy.
0: Like in the middle of the box. Much, yeah
1: yeah but i mean there was a lot of runners and a lot of people were covering people and some people weren't interestingly so like it's just one of those goals where like it gets created just by having a lot of quick possession It's the kind of goal that we were trying to score the whole game it's interestingly very close
0: to a goal that we almost scored that one that um albert rusnak set up michael chang it was like almost the same except right
2: into the middle right
0: Yep, and but Changs was saved, and uh, whoever just trying to took their shot. I, it was that dude who got subbed in like a minute before.
1: Um, Jose Cifuentes, yeah, Cifuentes, like two, two minutes before. Yeah, yeah, it was just you're trying to pull the defense one way and get a quick pass across <laughs> the other way, and that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, it was not. I mean, it's it's the kind of goal that LAFC scores kind of a lot. It's the kind of goal that they should be able to score. Um, And like I said, it's the goal we were trying to score. We tried several times. Mm -hmm. It's not anything unusual. It's not out of any like secret playbook. It's how you score goals. Yeah. a way to score goals. Yeah. And we probably should have defended it better, but sometimes you don't defend it.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty common theme with this team too, is. This um, sometimes you defend things well, sometimes you don't. We've got we've got enough. Sometimes you don't to have conceded in what all but one match this year.
0: What's interesting to me yes, is that we yeah we seem to defend the. It seems like when we get scored on, it seems to come from plays that demand like. Um, increased defensive attention for longer than just like a single counterattack. Like, I thought we defended the counterattack incredibly well against LAFC. Like, they we controlled a lot of the possession through up until two minutes before they scored, which is around the time they made two subs and then they scored and then the game fell apart. But we controlled a lot of the possession and they were countering very blisteringly. They have Diego Rossi, they have Carlos Vela, and they had Corey Baird who were, um, v- they were, they were counterattacking. That was like almost all they were doing against us in the first half. And we had some pretty heroic plays, defensive plays and defensive stops against them. Marcelo Silva was really good against them. Pablo Ruiz was really good in the midfield against them. uh, <laughs> Like all of our defenders were and then the only real chance they had or like really good chance is I'm going to say this is one of the only bad things Albert Rusnek did the entire game. He played like one of his worst passes. I've seen him play backwards directly into the path of an LAFC attacker. And he gets brought down by um, Andrew Brody, which uh, he got a yellow card for. It was it was he was getting close into
2: right on the edge of the box. Yeah. Too, right?
0: And it was like it was it was it was pretty close to being last last man back type of thing. But they took a free kick and hit the crossbar. But other than that, like. We had kind of just been doing our thing. But then when we do get scored on it, it was a play in which it required our defensive attention with the ball shifting in the final third from one end across through the middle to the right side and then back to the middle. And like for some reason, it seems like we often get scored on in a way that requires us to just like not be. Like when we're doing these like heroic runs back runs backward um in to defend a counterattack, I think we're good at that. But for some reason we seem to lose focus and lose runners that are directly in the middle of the box. And I don't know. I I, I was I'm trying to determine. I, I was I watched that goal a few times. I don't really know who it's on. Like we kind of just like both our defensive line sat back a little too far, I think. We were um and we talked last week about how we don't have a keeper who's um, controlling the back line and telling them like when to push up or anything like that. And that kind of looked like that might've been a case of that. Like our guys were just kind of sitting deeper than I think we should have been, which created space right at the penalty spot for them to just like walk into and hit a shot on goal. And I was like, okay, why are people just be able to, being able to walk into the penalty spot and drill that? So, Anyway, I, so, it was a weird one.
1: Two things. I'll, I'll comment on that. Um, for starters, that's part of the whole game plan of getting the ball into the corner. Mm-hmm. As soon as the ball's there, then that's where the offside line is. So if you get it deep, then there's no offside, mm-hmm. right? So as a center back, you kind of have to defend a little bit deeper. Because if you try to hold that high line, then somebody's going to be offside, you know. So that's part of why they have to do that. And that's part of why that's kind of a successful strategy is that that whole thing. But the other part of it is um, that I wanted to mention, Freddie today in his um, media availability answered a question on this um, very thing. I think it was Tom Hackett asked him about Defensively, what does he think is going wrong or something like that? Um, but anyway, Freddie talked about it and he said pretty much exactly what you said. Most of the goals that we've conceded this year are on like individual lapses or later in the game when players are tired and, and they're a little bit more prone to those kind of things. It's not a team failure or it's not a, a team being too aggressive going forward and not having enough players back. Almost all the time, it's we have enough players just somebody makes a mistake or or somebody's not communicating is specifically what freddie said is it's communication issue isn't happening and that's what leads to the goal um and i think like i said i think that's exactly what happened in this case i think that's yeah. exactly what happened against houston um i so, think freddie's pretty much exactly right there's yeah. weird it's it's not a numbers issue it's not a too aggressive it's not a brody herrera not getting back issue it's just Simply the communication isn't quite there.
0: Yeah. So I just sent a screenshot to you guys of like the moment that whoever crosses that ball comes back across. And I'm trying to figure out the positioning of everyone.
2: If that doesn't
0: go to Sefuentes, it it has there are two people at the penalty spot. So Cifuentes runs and hits the ball at the penalty spot. And I believe it's Diego Rossi who's literally right next to him, also wide open. So when he's taking the shot, like when that cross is made, Justin Glad is in no man's land right in front of the keeper. Guarding no one. Pablo Ruiz lets two guys go unmarked right into the box. And by the time he hits this ball, Justin Glad is having to make up space between the six and just beyond the penalty spot where Cifuentes hits this shot um, complete like not close enough to be able to block it. And I mean, probably a bit of an obstacle for David Ochoa and Pablo Ruiz doesn't even get close to it. And then Rusnak was guarding his man. It's just, yeah. It's it's really interesting. It's like that. It's such an avoidable goal. Letting somebody just walk directly into the <laughs> into the penalty spot to hit that is just nuts to me. But I mean, that, I mean, like you said, like that was kind of like what Tom and Freddie were talking about today.
1: Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Um, but this is, like you said, I the only person that I think you can get. Like truly mad at like on an individual level for here is probably Paulo. He's kind yeah. of he's outside the box. He's behind his guy. He's probably the one most responsible for. I think it's Cepuentes who's at the top and Rossi that's in the middle, right? Unmarked. Yeah. So yeah, he's well, probably most responsible for Cifuentes. But he, he, looking at Justin Glad, he is marking nobody. But yeah, you can't not have him there, <laughs> right? So you know what I mean, he can't step out and leave that space open. I sent the video when at the current that, time. But, it it, it, it I, is a
0: really interesting goal to watch, to be honest, because yeah. like it shifts directly from the throw in, like right. It's just a just very quick passing around, and the moment that ball comes to the far hmm. post when he's going to play that cross. Or that that it was not really crossed a pass back through the middle. Yeah, I mean we we're sort of unlucky. Marcelo Silva doesn't get a deflection on that, but yeah, um, we seem that's, to have honestly moved.
1: where. Sorry, I don't know. That's honestly where I think that play should be broken down, mm-hmm. or where that play should be stopped is not even allowing that pass. I mean, he's double teamed there. Yeah. We've essentially
0: moved five defenders. Uh, We have five defenders in the box right here and four of them, or excuse me, six in the box. Four of them are defending three people, two on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. If you're going to
1: double team, like you need to double team. You can't Mm -hmm. let that pass happen in the first place.
0: Yeah. If you're going to make that commitment, there's no way you can let them play that ball across and it gets across unfortunately.
1: Yeah, which again, like sometimes those goals happen. Like Mm -hmm. it's a game where you're going to get scored on. I'm not that upset that we allowed this goal to this team. Yeah, I think there's definitely things that we could learn from it and definitely things to improve on. But that's the I mean, those goals happen. I can't get too mad about that individual goal.
2: Here's my issue with that, I guess, is that we've heard like we can look at most of the goals we've conceded this year and say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like we can't be too mad about this goal. And when that's a pattern, we're we're in some dangerous territory, right? Like constitutionally, we give up these goals. Yeah. And I think uh like the there there are two main factors here for me. Uh one is we have a, an inexperienced goalkeeper. We talked about that last week. Yep. And you know, uh, we're not filling that gap, right? We don't we don't have anyone who is making making up for David Ochoa's lack of communication. Um, mm-hmm. We need that. We don't have it. Um, maybe we'll get that with Sicario, but you know that that's a huge unknown. Who right is now, in right?
0: town as of today? Interestingly, yeah. huh?
2: there's our new segment. Yeah, <laughs> is in covered. Back to the LA game. Sorry. Um, no, no, that's good. Uh, and then the other one is um, Nick Beasler is a, I think a competent individual defensive midfielder. Um, and I think like you can see he's tight to his man. Like that, that player is not getting off a shot, even if he gets the ball, which is good. Um, but Paulo Ruiz needs somebody to tell him where to go. Um, he's being treated like the, like the fulcrum of the midfield yeah uh, which you know he's he's got the technical ability to do that in the attack and we can see it play out pretty well most of the time uh, but but i think we need someone like everton louise in that lineup to like shout at people to like make sure people are in position and like to to keep them honest a little bit and that's not everton louise's like natural strength right um but like he's the only player on the roster that that does that like Demir Krylik does not do that it's not the player he is he's he's an attack minded midfielder and I yeah I'm I'm worried about like we have strengthened everywhere except the midfield and that's the place I think we we are missing something distinct the most I don't know Mm -hmm. what do you guys think
1: well to counter your counter in the Western, just keeping it just strictly to the Western conference, we've still tied for the second best defense. So we definitely like give up goals. And I, I honestly think this, this speaks to just like the parody in the Western conference. We definitely allow goals and we don't keep clean sheets. Um, we tend to score in most games as well, but we've still got the second best defense in, in the Western conference. Yeah.
2: We have played fewer by, by, games. Everyone though
1: true that's fair but still i don't think if we played one more game we would drop to the worst you know what i mean we tend to give up one goal a game occasionally two once it's zero but (laughs) i don't think it's i think that's really the problem is that we give up one goal every single game and i know that's a stupid thing to say but it's Excuse me. When you have the goalkeeper that we have, when you have kind of the young, kind of inexperienced backline that we have, when you have the kind of midfield that we have, I think you're gonna go. You're gonna give up goals, and I think your job is really just to limit the amount of goals you give up and maximize the amount of goals you score. And on the defensive side, I I just I struggle to say that the defense is the problem with this team right now because I think the defense is performing. About as good as it's going to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think our I don't defensive know if the numbers match that. But I don't I, think I our think defensive back line
0: is is a problem. To be honest, like I, I I've actually been pleasantly surprised with individual performances of all of them, including Marcelo Silva, who's I assume is potentially going to lose his starting spot. I don't really know what the expectation is. No one knows. Um, and. But I think that's where kind of what Matt's saying is like, I like I'm going back through and looking at some of these goals. Like I sent you guys uh, at the a timestamp goal of the Real Salt Lake versus Houston Dynamo, and the goal we concede. Oh, apparently you can't watch it directly in Slack. You have to click on it. Um, the goal we concede is really is uh, uh, like is a very similar feeling goal in that like it just required defensive focus. Um, and Paulo Ruiz makes a bit of a mistake that creates, that gives them another chance here. And then he doesn't make up for his mistake at all and doesn't provide any defensive pressure. And I, I know this came after he made a good play like earlier in this play, but then when it required multiple or extended defensive attention from our midfielders in this instance, from Paulo Ruiz, you would expect one of our defensive minded midfielders to make a play right there. When the, when we have numbers right there like we were we should not have gotten scored on there and i don't know if it's the partnership between him and nick beisler because the three of us have talked about how we've been pleasantly surprised with nick beisler and maybe it's just him i think he's been better on the ball than i expected i think he's good in possession and i think um he does a lot of things well but... Okay, so as I was saying before we were disconnected from the recording... So
1: rudely interrupted. I, like,
0: I, I'm, I agree with Trevor that our defensive... Uh, I mean, just in general, we don't have the worst defensive stats. As Matt said, although we've played fewer games. but I, I've been more disappointed now that I look through a lot of these goals. And we don't give up a ton. Like The problem is we don't score a ton. So a lot of our draws are 0-0 or 1-1 or 2-2. Um, ever- Dallas
1: the other problem is that they're late in the game so we can't really adjust to them right if they scored their goals 20 minutes in we could adjust and make changes but yeah
0: and i think there's a good case to be made that like i mean some of these goals just appear to be our two midfielders that should be providing defensive support falling completely asleep like we like i mean i'm looking at scenes where albert rusnak is defending in the box and pablo ruiz isn't like i don't like that at all and yeah i'm weirdly i don't think i i I would i would have expected our defensive line to be performing worse this year based on last year um but that hasn't really been bad and i'm starting to really think that We didn't. The last time Everton played, he did not look good, though. But, like, defensively, he's. We know he's a better defensive player than I think Nick Beasler. But I don't know what the answer is. I think, like you said, Matt, like we've been shoring up a lot of areas. We brought in a new center back. We have another winger. We have another striker. Uh, But we haven't brought anyone in in the midfield. And we ostensibly have, like, a deep midfield, I guess. We've got players that we have on our roster that are technically midfielders but they don't get time Portillo is kind of the one that is coming to mind that he's on this he's been on this roster for a while now has failed to make any sort of actual impact for the first team other than the red card but um that he received that was an impact that he made (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know I'm I'm, it is kind of weird to look at back at our goals and just kind of, or the goals scored against us and be like, what is Paulo Ruiz
2: doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He needs a player to guide him through these moments. And, uh, yeah. Our lineup, I mean, Everton Luis is out of sorts, right? We've, yeah, we've witnessed it. Um, and he's kind of, it feels like he's on the outs at this team, like he's not getting minutes when he would ostensibly be very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like chasing players down uh, late in the game to to maintain a lead instead of giving one up. Um, I think anytime Nick Beasler is your one of your starting midfielders, like there are a few teams in MLS who could like survive on that. Um, and that's like Nick Beasler is good for a start here and there. I think. Yeah. Um, when you need to play him, like it's good to have a backup that's capable um but like this is this is mls in 2021 uh, yeah. and nick Beesler i think is kind of like a 2011 player
0: he wasn't good enough to start for us four years ago let alone now yeah so i mean We're, this is i mean i think uh, trevor has talked to a lot about this is that like a lot of a lot of uh parts of this team and organization are in a holding pattern right now. And I think this is the answer for people demanding Freddie be fired as if that is a good idea. And one, it's not going to happen Two, it's just not going to happen.
1: If it does happen, like that's even worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like somebody thought it was a good idea or that somebody thought that now's the time to do it. Like it's, a worse idea to fire him than it is to just let him ride this out, to be honest.
0: I think so too. And like, I think you would
1: put the team in a worse uh, position. The
0: only thing I, the only like, <laughs> I, I had a friend tell me, like you say, like, you know, it, I mean, this is MLS. This is what we also like, but like in other leagues, potentially, potentially in a normal situation, I don't know. There could be a message sent to supporters that these results are not okay. Like, And I think that there's value in being like, yeah, we recognize that these results are not okay, but the that's devoid of context of the fact that we have ownership, new ownership looming, and you're not going to be able to bring anyone in that is going to take a job with the prospect of them potentially getting let go as soon as we have new ownership. You know, like it's just not gonna happen. So I'm less on the Freddie out train and more on the like get Freddy to do things differently train so we can win some freaking games train (laughs) because I'm just, yeah. I mean, as I still feel like, I mean, this game was a great example. Like, so we didn't really talk through more of the game yet, but like, like I said, we controlled a lot of the game. We looked dangerous in certain points. I think we kind of rely on crosses, maybe a little too much. I think Albert Rusnak had a really great game. he, had a really good chance that he created for himself. He had a really, like, one of his, the, probably the best bass he's played all season to Michael Chang to set him up at the, at the penalty spot on the opposite end, and it was saved dramatically, and, like, we easily could have been up a goal there. Albert played really well, and I was very pleased with that, aside from that one mistake earlier. Um, but as soon as they scored, like, Freddie... Has to try to get some control going with this game. Like it's the sixty something minute when they score, we hadn't made any subs yet. They just made two attacking subs, and well, I they don't really they didn't really have any many attackers. They made two midfield subs, I believe, and we just like completely lost the plot. Like we were just bombing long balls up to like no one and it just was horrendous looking soccer. We registered one shot on the for the rest of the game and it was a Marcelo Silva header and it was bad and it wasn't really a shot and it's just like I don't know like that can be avoided. Like we were controlling that game before. It, I mean obviously it's change it changes when you're down a goal but like we just completely forgot everything that we were trying to do earlier in the game. And it just yeah, it was it was bad. It went it was really ugly.
1: That I think speaks a lot to the value that Nick Beasler brings to the team. Um just because like he was the one that came off, and that's when we just bypassed the midfield entirely. Like Paulo was the only one in the midfield, and I mean you could see it on the field. We were we had five forwards paulo yeah. and four defenders yep. and the forwards all of them were all looking back to whoever has the ball on the back line waiting trying for a to ball time a run trying to see you know something they were just waiting for a ball over the top and this team has players that you can play a ball over the top like that's not a bad idea but it's a bad idea when you're trying to do it a hundred percent of the time yeah with this team. we don't have those players that can beat that of the time, especially if one of those players is Demir. He's (laughs) never getting to that ball. And even if he does get to that ball, he's never, ever doing anything. Yeah, you mentioned. He's not going to beat his guy on the dribble or anything like that.
0: You mentioned during that game, you wanted to see Demir Demir come off for Anderson Julio. And it should be noted that we didn't see Anderson Julio at all this game. Miram got the Chang started. Miram got the sub. And then we didn't see Julio. But something interesting that was happening the whole game is that like Demir was trying to like there was one pivotal moment where Albert Rusnak has the ball and he can play the ball to one of two attackers that are pushing the back line. And one was Demir, one was Rubin, and he chose Demir and Demir just isn't he's not fast enough and he shouldn't be like the person to try to run in behind the defense. It doesn't make any sense. That's never been his strength. Any goal that he ever scores for us, it's either a header or it's like a late run from the midfield to score at the top of the box. Those are all of his goals. Like, or it's from a cross header or like when he's running in late, he's never going to be a guy that runs in behind defense, uh, the defense and gets it on a, the end of a through ball. So we had that apparently being attempted this whole game. And then when the time comes that we have to make desperation subs, we pull out Nick Beasler, who by all accounts was doing a good job at possessing the ball in midfield and transitioning the ball forward to our forwards. But we instead took him off. And as Trevor mentioned, are now playing with five forwards or whatever. And Demir is one of them. That's just like against the back line. And, and that he ended up dropping back a little bit to kind of fill in Beasler's spot. But even then he wasn't doing that much. And he doesn't play that position for us anymore. And Beesler is better than Demir at that position at this point, I think. Um, Because Demir was just like, he was just everywhere in a kind of a bad way at the end of that game. But
1: well, And then even the yeah. times when we did have somebody drop back, their immediate, there, there wasn't really like a holdup play. Their immediate option was like, get the ball from the defenders, whoever has the ball. And then they turned and just... No matter where they were on the field, they just found the guy that was furthest forward and put it past him. Yeah. Even if that person, in most of the time it was Rubin, they put the ball into the corner and he's 10 yards ahead of anybody. Mm-hmm. And you've got a whole bunch of slow guys, not slow, yeah. a whole bunch of slow guys, but you've got guys that are tired or are slow or aren't the guys, they just aren't capable of keeping up with yeah. Rubin. And so Rubin it yeah, gets and double it did teamed work. in the corner and it's, it, yeah. it's it an immediate one turnover. time.
0: I, there was one time. Um, oh, I guess uh, after the 70th minute, I think we only had one shot, or 72nd minute, or something. We had that one, that one moment where Rubin got in behind the defense, chipped the keeper, and they saved it off the line. Like that was the one time the, that, like, at when we start getting desperate, that it worked. But then, other than that, it was just like when you have Demir thinking that he's. I mean, he's kind of sw- shifted back to the Beesler position, but he knows that we rely on him for desperation heaves from, from uh, crosses from like 45 yards away from Aaron Herrera. He's going to be running forward and like against the back line to try to score those goals. He scores for us. So it was just a completely empty midfield. And then it just became a disaster. But anyway, I don't,
1: I don't think leaving Demir on for those situations is a positive move. Like Demir, we've, saw it against la anyway he doesn't drop back he doesn't connect he doesn't do that yeah if if that's what we're asking and that's what we're expecting like it doesn't work and it's shown that a number of times and it was most on display for this game the last 20 minutes of that game rsl's entire attack plan changed completely and it was garbage Mm -hmm. they produced zero anything of value going forward it was awful
2: Okay, so yeah. here's here's the question. Then we saw what twenty minutes of Bobby Wood. Yeah. Um, what is Bobby Wood going to bring to this team in the the let's say short no to medium term? No idea.
0: Literally, no idea.
1: So I,
2: the other day, on uh, oh
1: that's what I spent Fourth of July doing I was checking Twitter. There was a bunch of takes that were released. All day. <laughs> and I decided to release mine. I think Bobby Wood needs to start against. Vancouver or else it's it's not that it's a bad signing but that it's not a marquee signing anymore like we've officially accepted that he's not the player that we all thought he was he's not a savior he's not anything he's just straight up a depth piece which if that's all he is like that's fine but this is the perfect opportunity to have Bobby Mm -hmm. Wood start he's had plenty of time with the team yeah he's matched around or he should be we're in the middle of a three game and seven day stretch There's Mm -hmm. no travel. Rubin Mm -hmm. Rubin has been playing well, but he hasn't scored in a month and a half. Yep. So, if we're talking about like competition for spots, like this is the time that Bobby Wood needs to start. And if he's not starting this game, then to me, that means that the coaches don't trust him. Or that he's not training hard enough, or you know something. It means something.
0: Practice,
1: yeah. It means something negative around Bobby Wood. He needs to be starting in order for us to have any faith in him going forward as a positive signing for this team. Yeah, I agree.
0: I, I, what we've seen from him so far in game, I can't draw too many conclusions from. I mean, he hasn't looked incredibly sharp, but at the same time. The moments in which he's been put in, we are just doing insane stuff like we are not playing. Right. And so I think to, to Trevor's point, if he starts, that allows him to get into the flow of the game with the team in a normal circumstance in which we were actually trying to play the game that we are setting out to play. Um, and that said, like that, those desperation times, I think, it, I think that's a critique I have of Freddie that it turns to that a little too quickly, and it gets so messy when we are desperate in certain times. But I think playing him from the outset of the game, I think it will actually give us an opportunity to evaluate what he actually can be for this team, which I'm I'm just honestly not sure. At all, and I think it's. I agree with Trevor. It's a bad sign if like he can't if he can't get a start on Wednesday after playing this Saturday and then playing a Saturday right after, or is it a Sunday? I don't know. Um, it's like it's it's not not great.
1: And and (laughs) not not to speak poorly about our other home team right now, but Vancouver's not a good team this season. No, they're not good. So again, if you're gonna try out somebody, Mm -hmm. give them an opportunity to push for a starting spot, like. Vancouver's the team you want to do that you want to yeah. see what they can do against vancouver so there's just so many reasons why starting bobby tomorrow is or wednesday night whatever i don't know when this is going to be released wednesday night he's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's critical to me that he starts tomorrow agreed
2: i think that's yeah. hard to argue with for me um i yeah i am i'm really hopeful that he's not a dad um me too. And I know I expressed my fears about that before he even made it to Utah. Um, so I, I don't want that to confirm, you know, his lack of, of uh, performance <laughs> so far to confirm you, that. You prefer to be wrong. I really want to be ben. wrong
0: on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Guess we'll see.
2: But you know, I, we have we have two yeah. other signings coming, right? We've got Datkovich, who is yeah. in Utah under mandatory quarantine, and hopefully is coming soon who who knows right like it's a mystery um and then joni menendez still haven't heard any update there uh (laughs) we signed him like two months ago now right
0: we announced his signing such a long time ago at this point like well before the tony signing right yeah like we announced that Yeah,
1: it was well before but it was definitely before yeah i thought it was yeah or four home games ago which would have been like six weeks yeah, yeah. Like, two you months. Know,
2: like that's that's fine like we brought them in in the the first window it's like if they get here in time for the second window i think that's fine i think we I all, think so all would have understood if if there were secondary window signings and the fact that they came <laughs> in the primary window was a nice surprise i thought yeah um but like there are no guarantees there either and like i've been thinking about Datkovich and his experience and like he he's kind of a like a Demir Krylik level, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Where where maybe like that level can translate into real MLS success, but it doesn't automatically. Yeah, and we will see.
1: Yeah, can I, can I bring up something? Yes, sure. Um, that's a kind of a scare card. Um, our other home team, Vancouver. Just recently, I don't know if you guys keep up with our other home team. Yeah, pretty um, they,
2: well. I I just started a blog. Eighty six forever. That's true. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, the people they do good work though.
1: Um, they just recently had to release uh, one of their center backs, Ali Adnan, because he could not get a visa to come back in the U.S. Really? Yeah, where, they couldn't get him approved. Again? Is Ali Adnan? He's, is he Iraqi or is he Iranian? He is Iraqi, which. Huh. Some people speculated might have been part of it, but he had one before and he couldn't get one now. I wonder if
0: it has anything to do with the fact that we just dropped more bombs on Iraq the other day.
1: I honestly, I think it probably has more to do, well, I mean, probably the same thing, but I think it had more to do with he was living in Canada, Mm. so Canada had to give him the visa and then he could get a visa to come into the US as part of a Canadian MLS team a lot easier than an Iraqi international. Coming to the U.S. to live in the U.S. and work in the U.S. Yeah, as part. I think that probably played a part. Yeah, it probably. I mean,
0: because clearly, I mean, Miriam's not having any problem. I think. Yeah, that's the other thing. Miriam's
1: not, but Miriam's also a citizen. He's a U.S. citizen. He was born in the U.S. Oh,
0: right. Is and and Ali Adnan is not a Canadian citizen. I guess.
1: I don't. I think he's like full Iraqi. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. That sucks. Yeah, Um, I don't know much about it, but I do know that. Another MLS player recently got denied a visa, so. Yeah. Trevor, what time is your indoor game? Oh, it's 10. We're not oh. anywhere near it. Right, we, okay,
2: we've got cool. another hour of recording to do then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um Should we, I, I know I know. we want to keep things sort of brief because we have another game to, uh, on Wednesday of the week in which this is being recorded. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk a little bit
1: about Freddy's Presser today?
2: Yeah, let's let's talk Just... about that um so to, just some context here yeah Trevor, yes, Trevor.
1: I, I was gonna ask if I can start because I think I know what you guys are gonna say <laughs> I'm, I'm and gonna I give think some
2: context and then uh, you, I don't have uh, anything to say yeah. it. so oh, okay so some context here they do like a, a midweek press conference over zoom mm-hmm. um kind of an, in advance of the game uh I don't usually attend because I have a job That is not the podcast. I'm I'm sorry. That is not this. I'll work on that. No, that uh, that's not true. But uh, regardless, like that's the context here. They've got like three people interviewing him on this one, um, and the the topic turns very quickly to defensive records. I think it's Alex Vehar uh, opens it up with a a question about how we're performing and all that, and Trevor. it it looks like you've got something to say do you
1: well here's the thing i think it was actually the tom hackett question that we brought up immediately and started talking about um and we talked about it in slack and the thing that came up was he said something about instant gratification and was that the tom question there there, there were three
0: questions it was alex and then it was (laughs) some someone he called coach did you hear oh, that? Yeah, yeah, I
1: remember that. I think I skipped that one. I didn't know who that was. That Maybe was a was question. That question. Anyway,
0: he asked about whether he's viewing the run of results as being half empty or glass, half empty or half full, which.
1: OK, I think I think it was that. Que- I think it was a yeah, second question. I think question. it was that one. But anyway, I from what you guys said. Thought that that was basically his answer was that like fans want wins and that doesn't matter, that's not really what we're here for. <laughs> that's what I thought you guys said that he said, so I no. was really upset because that's a really <laughs> stupid answer to that question. We may
2: have exaggerated slightly,
1: editorial, or just yeah, not given any of the appropriate context at all. But what he was saying was basically that I'm hurt. <laughs> What he was saying was, and I, I agree with him uh, a lot of what he was saying was, and I think it shows what the team and ownership now, uh, it does show that we're kind of in a holding pattern. He said that there's a lot of people that are looking for instant gratification and obviously we want wins, but he's trying to build a culture around this team and he's trying to get total buy-in from the players and he's trying to get hard workers and he's trying to get people to to train hard and, and buy in and and that whole thing kind of the stuff he said a lot before, but the way I interpreted that was not like, Oh, we're not worried about wins and losses. What it was to me was he knows he's going to be here for a while. He knows that he's got pretty much the same roster he had last year, plus a few pieces. And he's just trying to make the best out of what he can and try to establish a culture, which to me makes it sound like he thinks he's going to be here for a while. He wants to create an environment where success is expected because you're a successful team, because you've worked together for a long time and and, and all that. He wants that. That's what he's more worried about. And that's the side that he sees is coming together and working really well. And we're not seeing the results on the field, but soon we will, was basically what he was saying. and that, I tend to agree with
2: yeah i mean that's a nice platitude right like yeah i want i want hard workers i want you know we want to encourage the right behavior um yes i i understand we did not entirely represent that piece of the equation for you trevor <laughs> and i yeah hereby apologize yeah. <laughs> apology <laughs> accepted
0: yeah i i don't like I don't like the frame of people being disappointed with the results as people seeking instant gratification because um the results under Freddy have been I th- I don't know what of our points per game are. It's like 1.3.
2: What
0: do you know what was it under PetKey? Do you know? I
2: will look it up while you're Slightly talking more.
0: Like I, I mean, like I saw somebody more, mention that w- more. we've only won two games in a row under Freddie twice, and it was the, um, it was the like beginning or the end of Petkeys or uh, Freddie's first season into the second season, and then the end of last season into this season. they are the only two times we've won two games in a row under Freddie.
1: So hang on, real quick. You somebody showed me that stat before, and I just believed it. But we won the first two games of this season. Of this, se- oh, yeah. Oh, so, then, like the
0: then it was the bookend of the beginning of the season before, and then the, the next okay, one, right. I think. Okay. And I'm last season, it. of course, you know, it was, it was, it was whatever. It was last season. I don't think people being frustrated with the results is any sort of like seeking gratification, instant gratification. But I like what I don't like about his answer is the. He Because he, he cited all of this growth, right? And he, and he mentions the culture he's like. but And the thing he, we have heard from him a lot about, you know, this player is really good in training, so they've earned this or whatever. And then they don't perform well in games. And to Albert's credit, he's gotten considerably better over the last few games since, I don't know which game it was. Like the last like four, I think he's been really good. Yeah, he's legitimately um,
2: been a totally different player.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, um, and that's something I would expect Freddie to point to and be like, look, he's performing well in games. I don't want to hear him talk about Albert, you know, showing up early at practice. Like it's not very tangible for the rest of us. And he mentions like the, the growth or whatever and everything that we're seeing. And, but then at the same time, we've seen like a lot of weird body language from the guys this season, Uh, uh, Just last week, we had Everton leaving before fans. We've had players just standing aimlessly in the middle of the field, just like experiencing ego death after yet another home draw or whatever. We have it like so. There's been like weird things, and of course that'll happen. It's just I don't know. I just don't see the progression that he's talking about. And maybe I just am too blind or dumb or whatever. But I just like don't. This team doesn't look like. Far happier or something, and I, 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 I just I don't know. Like that kind of feels like a cop out to me. Like I don't I don't see us playing far better than we did a year ago, and I don't see us. Like, we're obviously we're we've lost three in a row now. Is that is that we lost at?
1: two out of the th- last three? We
0: tied against Houston. Oh, that's right. We tied. Um, so we have one point. in, in, the win the last three in games. eight. Is that is one that one win in eight? That is not true. One win in eight. Yeah. Yes. One win in eight games. I I don't know I like I can listen to him say that like the, the like, he's building things but that's also like something I would say if I was trying to keep my job with a new ownership looming because if you can't p- point to the results then you have to point to something that you're doing and that's a good thing to say so I like maybe maybe he's like that's totally true and we're building. You know, RSL of old 2.0, like with the team mentality, maybe that's the case. I don't know, but like, I can't do anything with that information because we can, we go by the results, we go by how this team plays. And like, there has not been a marginal, or there's been a very marginal difference. Like, through Freddie's time, like, I don't, I can't point to, Something that we're doing way better than we used to be doing and the results don't speak for themselves in the way that Freddie would probably want them to. And if if what he's saying is true. So I just have no idea what to do with that. Like if he is building this incredible culture, that's good we're still losing and drawing a lot, especially at home. And uh, like I would expect and hope that part of that culture is players taking pride in letting down their fans week in and out. Yeah. We've, yeah. Oh God, we've had a lot of home like, games. We've had so many home games and we've left the majority the almost all of them very disappointed.
2: Yeah. We we have two home losses. We have three home draws and we have two home wins. Yeah. It's uh. It's not the stuff of legends to be sure. So so I'm reminded of an Arson Wenger quote from must have been 15 years ago which that sounds weird to say maybe it was 10 years but still like now I feel old. Um but he he was talking about how the you know his team was conceding a lot of goals. Um they were all coming from individual mistakes and how that was Uh, not the worst sign or he may have even called it better um, because you know, those players can correct those mistakes. Um, The problem I have is we have no evidence to suggest that those players can correct those mistakes. Like I think these, these are the players we have. So when we have Freddie talking about like building something like, is he building the right thing for what we have? Like, do we want like a run and gun like Don't Fold When We're Attacked, Jeff Cassar's dream team? Um, <laughs> do we want like a possession oriented team? And look you know, what what can we like reasonably support with this roster? Yeah. Um, we are not I, yeah. the deepest roster, we're not the most talented. And uh, we know that's the case, right? And it feels a little mm-hmm. like Freddy's building in a vacuum. Like, he's, yeah. he's building with, like, he's got his players, he trusts his players, and he knows he can count on his players. But, like, they keep letting him down. Yeah. Um, the But the, the bigger point of concern for me, I guess, is, like, watching Freddie, I guess, lose games on the back of subs now. Um, which, like... I don't I don't always love to harp on like the timing of substitutions. Yeah. I think it's it's a point in a discussion, but not like the be all end all. But when you see like RSL went from having shots, taking shots, to like no shots until Marcelo Silva tried a 96th minute header. Like just on Saturday. And that for me is that's the really troubling one is, is that collapse. And we talked about it during the game. Um and when we talked about the game, but we've seen that repeatedly, right? Like Houston, we were leading that game before mm-hmm. we we gave it up. Um against and Minnesota. We were, same, same with the thing, Vancouver
0: right? as well, but we had a miracle Eric Holt header. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So San like,
2: Jose we were leading and lost that game in yeah. you know, late. Like you can say, like, oh, we we came up against it in Chris Wondolowski or like Maxi Rudy loves to score against RSL, although I did look and he loves to score against all MLS teams. Which is such he a weird player. Picks and chooses his teams. No, he that doesn't he plays against. I just he's he scored against like three or four times. So it was something that was stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's you know uh, I guess I'm I'm at a, a very weird point in my consideration of Freddy Juarez, um, and I I think we've seen some interesting cracks forming. Like in the way he interacts with the press, for instance, like after the game on Saturday, he talked specifically about referees and how you know oh LAFC God. was flopping don't. all over the place, and uh, it appears <laughs> Trevor's dead from this. So uh, yeah. why don't we hand the baton I to Trevor? Hated his post game comments. You know, I hated them so much. Tell us more. Just it.
1: I think. I was talking to you when we first heard him or listened to him or read him or whatever, when he said, like, uh, I'll tell you what I saw. I saw a lot of flopping from LA and just not really playing soccer. And my response to that is whenever a coach criticizes the other team for doing that, like, what does that mean? You lost to a team that can't play soccer is what you're saying. You don't (laughs) think that they played the game and you lost to them. So there's that angle but then the other angle is like okay so does that mean you need to be flopping more because the winning team that's what they were doing so why aren't you doing that <laughs> like it's just such a stupid thing to bring up it doesn't do it's just very much a jose marino kind of dist- distract from my failings let's just focus on something else and make that the story of this game and that's not a story anymore like We've been fans of this team playing in CONCACAF. We've been fans of the national team playing in CONCACAF enough to know that's how soccer is played in, on this half of the planet. If you're <laughs> yeah. up, you're going to flop. You're going to waste time. You're going to do that stuff. We are not months, innocent months of that. The
2: planet. <laughs> yeah. I <Yeah>. guess <laughs> everywhere now. But like
1: That's the game. And that's how the game is played. And to come into a press conference and be like, oh, well, I didn't like that. Well, of course not, because you lost. If you won doing that. You would like it because it's a tactic that works and all it does is frustrate the team that's losing because that's the point of it is to frustrate you so that you can't do anything. You're just too frustrated to mount an attack or or to defend properly or whatever.
2: Or you get a a yellow card because you picked a player up off the ground. Yeah. Like we,
1: we know what happens. How do you not prepare for that as a coach? How do you not say, Oh, Hey, if we go down against this team, they might start flapping and we need to know how to respond to that. And the way to respond to it is not to get a yellow card is not to start confrontations is not to go into the postgame conference uh, and postgame press conference and just complain about it. Cause you'd sound like an idiot at this point. It's we yeah. get it. That's how the game is played. Just get over it and either yeah. adapt to it or lose and just keep losing. <laughs> I hated that.
0: Yeah. That wasn't great. I, I Yeah. Agreed. But anyway, uh, should we, take, so we have another game. Yeah, should we take
2: <laughs> a, a quick collective moment and just sign relief that, you know, as, as hard as as much as we're critical of Freddie Juarez, like, uh, Chris Armas just lost six games in a row for Toronto, including a seven-one yeah. defeat to DC United, and was summarily <laughs> fired.
0: fired. Um, yeah, that's pretty tough and, to be honest, especially because so, they have like a, I mean, a very good roster. So Andrew Miami well, we has lost
2: five consecutive games. Sure. Chicago has lost seven games on the season. Uh, Minnesota lost four games to start the season, and now is pretty good, and that's annoying. Um, yeah. yeah, San Jose. Well, they even. lost one like, of those games to us. So, well, and a, a team we lost to uh, San Jose. Like, they, it is trash. They have lost <sighs> horrendous of their last eight games. They have lost six of them. They've drawn the other yeah. two. Really bad. So, so we're not. I don't think we're trying to be blindly critical of Freddy Juarez here. Um, right. And I think for me, like there, there are signs of a good coach in there. <laughs> And those are the things that, like I'd I'd love to, like I know that Freddie wires can be a different coach, and can be a good coach, or I hope so.
1: Well, I mean we've we've seen know. it. There have been games this season where we talk about Freddie's tactical adjustments or tactical setup or, or, or whatever. There have been games where he set this team up and we played appropriately, and we played well. We dominate pretty much the whole game. And then he has had games where he's made adjustments and those adjustments were exactly what we needed. And we came back from behind and scored goals like that has happened and we've seen it more than once. So like, we know he's capable of it. We do think that he's a good coach. It is just frustrating seeing some of the same things just keep happening and, Like you said, just the crack showing up in the press conference. It's kind of a silly thing to criticize a coach for being mad after a loss, but that's the kind of stuff that, I don't know, it gets me fired up and it's probably more fired up than I should be. But yeah, no, I I agree. I think Freddie is a good coach. It's just the stuff that he gets wrong. I don't think coaches at this level should be getting wrong, or at least not this consistently.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's consistent failures for me. And it's I, the same things over and over. And then he gets defensive of those positions. Yeah. And that like we could be uh, and, and maybe this goes back to what we were talking about last week with is this roster like better than it's showing? Um, and I this all kind of brings me to like, yeah, I think I think it could be. I think we could be we could have you know, I think nine so, more yeah. points, right?
0: Easy. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it is weird to hear him never like say that he'd messed up. <laughs> like it's like every it, it feels very gaslighty being told that like everything went super well all the time. Like everything's going really well all the time. And that this is all part of like a master plan or whatever to to whatever I like I sometimes I miss the freaking like emo sad boy jeff Cassar where he was just like i let down the boys tonight like i <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i like just need to hear that just yeah. be like
2: and he'd never be because, his team right but he right. and, like,
0: and then there was other times where he had like pet key essentially saying like i don't have the players to like i don't have a striker or whatever like there was things like that that i i didn't i mean we obviously knew but i didn't really care to hear him say it it I can really appreciate when a coach just says, like, I got things wrong today and like that that's the outcome or like I did. I didn't do this just because I just appreciate some acknowledgement of the fact that it's not good to lose games at home or draw games at home that you should be winning. Like that's I just sometimes really need to hear that. I don't need to be told that, like. I'm just want instant gratification, or us Americans are obsessed with goals and assists and stats or whatever. I don't need to be told all that stuff. Just like we got, we like, I just mistakes can be made, and that's fine. I just hate being told that there's not mistakes being made. Um, yeah, I mean, he, tactically, he, he I guess.
2: Sometimes it does feel like Freddie Wars is up there with a mission accomplished manner, right? Yeah, it a does bit.
0: feel like that sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like. I don't know. And maybe, uh, maybe there's a reason f- for that, but it does feel that there's a never really, it's, 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 it's been, this whole season has been very much, you aren't seeing what you're seeing type thing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, and I would much rather I can, we all are, I have accepted the situation that's club and organization is in this year. We get it. But being, they feel like i'm being sold some stuff that i really am not so like if i'm buying into this whole thing that you're saying then i i feel like i should be getting a better product in return when i'm and i'm not and so and I, i'd be i'd be more appreciative of some honesty of just like what's going wrong but hey maybe it was just the ref's fault
1: i guess yeah can mm. i bring up something that is uh again of concern yes you may yeah so we've played 10 games so far this year. Yeah. Our home record is not that great. We're getting like no. one point something points at home. Um, <clears throat> we played seven of those 10 games at home. Now our schedule is pretty much half and half at home and, at, and away. Um, over the next, well, like seven or eight weeks, nine weeks, we only have like two or four two or three or four home games so we're gonna find out real quick how we look on the road and <laughs> yeah signs do not look good so far
2: do you guys want to get together if, and have dinner and watch a game
1: sounds if great yeah
0: i love that so anyway let's do we have a game this week we have another game this week so and will i be seeing both of you there i believe so trevor wait which one vancouver I be there. It is an away game,
2: oh. but uh, yeah, I'm planning on sort of. making the trip.
0: Away yeah. game in which our season ticket holders have tickets, <laughs> and we are wearing our home jerseys. So hey,
2: we usually we've it, been wearing our away jerseys at home an awful lot. So maybe that yeah. counts cancels away. Well, um, well. yeah. <laughs> so I I guess like to bring it all back, like I am I am concerned that what we are seeing now is the tip of the iceberg, and it's going to get. Real bad real fast. I'd love to be around. That would suck. I hope Bobby will <laughs> us. Yeah. I, I mean, no
1: the the being on the road thing scares me, that, but that worries me. I feel like this team will improve. It's because they kinda
2: have to. I mean, yeah. we could go full on Toronto.
1: We could. I don't think that we're capable of that. Like I like we said last week. I think We're at about the level of Houston right now. We're at about the level of LAFC. We're at the level of several other teams in the Western conference. I think we're about the same. And that's just the story of the Western conference. There are teams that are obviously better than us. And there are teams that are obviously worse than us, but we've beat teams that are better than us. And we've lost to teams that are worse than us. And so does the entire Western conference, except for Seattle, Yep. But I yeah. I think if our schedule is heavily weighted towards the Western Conference, as heavy as it is, and with us only traveling short distances, I don't think we're gonna I, yeah. I think we are going to be about as good as we are now, which means we're gonna win some games that maybe we shouldn't have, and we're gonna lose some games that maybe we shouldn't have, just because everybody is doing that. And I think that's gonna be the theme this season.
2: I hate MLS. Yeah yeah a little it's bit the worst.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't wait can't wait for tomorrow <laughs> tonight tonight
2: or tomorrow yeah
0: or a past day whenever this is listened People to People
2: do sometimes listen to these like after the fact uh, and I well after yeah, I, you know, yeah good good for them. Them. I hope they enjoy it maybe okay. i, I wonder, This is an episodic podcast It might be That's fun right. to follow a team like to like pick a European team with games that are easily available And like a podcast in English, like watch the games and listen to the podcast. It's kind of in order. So if anyone wants to volunteer to do that with our podcast, that sounds great. Yeah, do it, please. I guess
0: sounds delightful. Well, should we close it out?
2: Yeah. uh, See, see you guys at the game.
0: We'll see you all there, and let's hopefully not leave sad yet
1: again. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.